0: Welcome to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church Podcast, where we bring you weekly sermons that uplift your soul, strengthen your spirit, and praise the Lord. Whatever your reason for listening, we're grateful for you spending your time with us. May God open your heart to love and your ears to hear. If you remain standing for the reading from the gospel, This is from John, the 6th chapter, the 1st through the 14th verses. After this, Jesus went across the Galilean Sea. A large crowd followed him because they had seen the miraculous signs he had done among the sick. Jesus went up on a mountain and sat down there with his disciples. It was nearly time for Passover, the Jewish festival. Jesus looked up and saw a large crowd coming toward him. He asked Philip, where will we buy food to feed these people? Jesus said this to tempt him, for he already knew what he was going to do. Philip replied, more than half a year's salary worth of food wouldn't be enough for each person to have even a little bit. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said, a youth here has five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that for a crowd like this? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass there. They sat down about 5,000 of them. Then Jesus took the bread. When he had given thanks, he distributed it to those who were sitting there. He did the same with the fish, each getting as much as they wanted. When they had had plenty to eat, he said to his disciples, gather up the leftover pieces so that nothing will be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves that had been left over by those who had eaten. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be
1: to God. Jesus asks Philip, How will we feed all of these people? And we're told that he said this as a test for Philip. Because Jesus already knew what he was going to do. Philip basically says, it's impossible to feed all of these people. We don't have the funds. We don't have the resources. And then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, says, but there's this kid who has five barley loaves and two fishes, but what good is that? First of all, Jesus does not need to feed these people. They're not starving. They've not been castaways on a desert island for many months. Some of them may be hungry, but they're not starving. They may have skipped breakfast, but that's their own fault. Not only does Jesus not feed them, He does not need to feed them. He doesn't even want these people around if you look closely at the Scripture. He's left the people to seek solitude from the masses, from these people. He's trying to get away from these people, but he decides to feed them knowing full well, because he is omniscient after all, that if you feed people, they will likely stick around. So why feed them? Part of the reason may be that Jesus was the first to offer southern hospitality. I mean, he was on the south side of the Sea of Galilee after all. Even though Jesus must also know that if you feed people, they're likely to stay longer, but he wants to feed these people not because they need food in some essential, critical way. It doesn't even seem like they're asking for food in John's telling of this story. It seems like Jesus wants. To show his disciples that it's possible to feed all these people despite the lack of resources. Jesus wants to teach his disciples, especially Philip, that because Jesus is there in that place, then so are the means to do the impossible. It's really an equation of faith. What or how much do we have, asks Christ None, says Philip. Only this little bit, says Andrew. And then Christ says, that's as much as we need. He's saying, if that's what we have, then that's what we need. What you have plus the presence of Christ equals as much as you can do with anyone, especially Christ. There are certain passages that are familiar that I conjure up that I think about and one of those is the verse from Matthew nineteen fourteen that we say whenever we baptize a child here in this place we said it last week as we baptized Watson let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for to such as these belongs the kingdom of God such as these in this passage in John's gospel are the people have faith like children. Children do not believe in the impossible. To a child, anything can be done or fixed or figured out, whether it's fishing with a safety pin and no bait. Kids have no sense of enough to get the job done. Kids believe unfailingly in their ability to accomplish any idea they come up with, but it takes an adult to crush their hopes. Those who believe in Christ as though Christ can do anything. And through Christ, anything is possible are the people to whom the kingdom of heaven belongs. Those who believe in Christ, that sum is enough. Those who believe in Christ like children are those to whom the kingdom of heaven belongs. This past winter, we would see the first flake of snow come down from the sky... And immediately the request was, let's go outside and sled in the snow. But we said, there's not enough snow to sled. Shame on us. The problem lies in the different concepts that kids have and adults have with what is enough. Adults think of sledding as an activity where a well-tended, sanded, waxed sled with no cracks in it speeds effortlessly down a hill covered with several inches of the good snow, not too dry, not too wet, so that the kids don't come in soaking and crying and tears in their eyes and frozen. So in order to really enjoy sledding, an adult must have our notions of what enough snow is in order for sledding to take place. Humbug. Kids don't need good snow. They don't need it organized and detailed. Kids don't need good snow. They don't even need a sled. A garbage bag will do. Or an old piece of cardboard. Or the case that we had before actually bought a sled. An old Tupperware lid. A cafeteria food tray if you're at college. All a kid needs to have fun in sledding is mildly enough of a slope, and two specks of snow, and all of a sudden you're sledding and having the time of your life. It's just that simple. How much fun can an adult have behaving like an adult in that circumstance? None. How much fun can a kid have in imperfect conditions with improper equipment? As much fun as they can. Kids have faith that they can have fun, and they do. Kids see the world with a whole different set of eyes than us adults. They don't think, think in terms of enough wind to fly a kite, enough snow to go sledding, enough leaves to jump in. To children, some is enough. And it's just that simple, for to such as these belongs the kingdom of God So we try to remember those of us with minds of not enough, that some will do. And with some, you can make do. And if you think like the kids and forget about enough altogether, and just the some, you can have fine enough of a time. Jesus thinks like a kid. We have some. That's enough. Philip thinks like an adult. We got nothing. Jesus, we're not going anywhere. Ah, you argue, but Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus can do miracles. Of course, some is enough because nothing is impossible through Christ. And that's true, but nothing is impossible for a kid either because they have that Christ-like faith. And they believe that nothing is impossible. Andrew, perhaps the hero of this story in John's Gospel, The one who finds the fish, on the other hand, is caught somewhere between this thinking like a kid and thinking like an adult. And he probably says in a conflicted tone, maybe even a sarcastic tone if that existed in Jesus' time. I don't know. We're human. It was probably there. There's this kid who has some Jesus, but what good is that going to do? It's not enough. Andrew is stuck like us between seeing the perfect adequacy of some and the empty hopelessness of not enough. And that's what Jesus is confronting. He's not confronting hunger. He's not confronting poverty or starving. He's confronting our very notions and ideas of what some and enough are. And that crowd, these people, that Follow Jesus and clamor him, have come a considerable distance. Scripture tells us that Jesus went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And the Sea of Galilee is 33 miles in circumference. So if we take this scripture literally, and certainly we do, then these people have hiked 16 and a half miles or boated eight miles across the water. Either way, they've come because Jesus is getting famous. And like the mobs of fans that came with the British invasion of the Beatles or the hordes that follow around celebrities, people creep up. And I doubt that all of the 5,000 that are numbered here in this telling were really there out of deep religious devotion to Christ. Let's face it, they wanted a show. They'd heard of the miracles. They wanted the newest version of Israel's Got Talent or Jewish idol. They wanted to see something cool, a healing, a casting out of demons, turning water into better than two buck chuck. In short, they wanted to see Jesus pull a rabbit from his hat and do miracles. And they've come to see the Siegfried and Roy of the day, and they get, da da da, a fish of filet sandwich from McDonald's. Now, granted, they've got plenty to eat, 12 baskets left over. They ate as much as they wanted, but I bet some people walked away disappointed. Imagine the conversations that followed. Hey, I heard you saw Jesus. You know, that guy healed my blindness by spitting into my eyes and rubbing them? And my buddy, he got his paralysis cured. What'd you get? A fish sandwich, I guess. And here we are with Philip, back where it all started. Jesus starts this whole chain of events by testing Philip how can we feed these people? And he says, we can't. It's impossible. We don't have the means. We don't have enough. And I imagine Jesus popping Philip lovingly on the back of the head and saying, Phil, my man, you got to have faith. My dad created the whole universe out of nothing at all. You don't think I can do something with fish and bread? And this is where the test comes for you and I. We. And I mean you and I. We have some. You and I, we middle to upper class Americans have some. We live in a society where storage facilities are a booming business because we too have too much some to store in all our houses. We have some. But we have Christ. And we have enough to feed everyone in the world. And I'm not speaking figuratively either. We have enough to feed everyone in the world as much as they want and still have plenty left over. Because it's not us who offers the welcome. It's Christ that offers the welcome. Philip, Andrew, the doubters, the critics... These people in the story are like a cast of Hollywood extras. The story isn't about Andrew. It's not about Philip. It's not about those who came to see miracles. They are not necessary for this story to take place. But they're useful. They're useful because they bring all that they are and all that they aren't to the feet of Christ. In a time of need, they come whether their first response is, we don't have enough, we have some, or we just want to see some cool miracles happen. The challenge is not to be necessary. The challenge is to be useful. And we can all play a part in being useful for God's kingdom. Whether it's praying, whether it's giving, whether it's serving through the opportunities that we have, whether it's gathering, whether it's listening, whether it's starting with the words, I'm sorry, whether it's hearing and receiving, you are forgiven. Go in peace. We could be like the doubters. We could be like the critics. We could be like Andrew. We could be like Philip, but we are invited to be like the children to take and to see a world full of impossibilities, of flakes and specks of snow and desire to go sledding, of a breezeless, windless day and go fly a kite, and to see that to such as these belongs the kingdom of God. We have the opportunity to serve Christ and to serve one another. Oh, that we would have the faith of the children. In the name of the Father and of the Son. And of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our closing hymn is Are Ye Able, Said the Master, hymn number 530. I invite you to stand and join us in singing together. We will sing all four stanzas.
0: Thank you for listening to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church podcast. We hope that you have found our podcast helpful and hope to be in ministry not only to you, but with you. For more information about Sandy Springs United Methodist Church, please visit www.ssumc.org. Until
1: next time, may God bless you.